Hey, everybody. Do you remember last week I said, this is my favorite week of all time, right? This is. Do you know what? Sometimes I get confused. It's interesting in the world today, of the two religious holidays, what they look at, Christmas always gets more play than Easter does. That kind of frustrates me because I'm not taking away the importance of Christmas, but you know what's more important than Christmas? Easter. Easter is great. And remember I had all these eggs? I said, whenever you look at eggs, think about colors and think about how they can remind you of what's inside in this week. Different aspects. Remember, there were nails in one of them. What was else in here? A little crown of thorns. What else was in there? Do you remember? What? The whip. The whip. There was no candy in any of these. No, don't smell like it. Okay. But remember I said this one, I will wait for today to open up. Are you ready to see what's in this one? What do you think's in this one? Hmm, what could be in this one on today? Are you ready? Who wants to peek in here and find out? Okay, you ready, CC? Tell me what's in here. Tell everyone. Yell it out. Ready? Get ready. What's in there? Nothing. What? How? That, that's no fair. There should be something in here. What? Why is there nothing in this one? Because this should remind you that the tomb is empty. He is risen, right? He's risen indeed. Listen to the moaning people back there. We'll start with the kids. We'll work on you guys for sure. He's alive. There's nothing in this one. So this is what I want you to do. Every time you find a little egg like this and you open up and if it's ever empty, just go, ah, he's not here. He's alive. He has risen. So think of that. Say, he is risen. Say that. He is risen. He is risen. So listen, we today celebrate that this is empty. He's not in the tomb anymore. He's alive. This is empty. So this is what I want you to do. Every time you get an egg and it's empty, just go, (laughs) my God is not dead. He's alive, right? He's right. So this is what I want you to do. I'm going to give you guys all a bunch of eggs. And do this also. Whenever you see a bunny rabbit, this is one of my daughters, okay? This is not mine. Don't think... Mine would be in Hunter Orange, okay? Listen, whenever you see a rabbit, do this. You guys are too young to, to understand. We used to have this cereal called Tricks. Tricks are for kids. The rabbit would bounce around and go, Tricks are for kids. Do this. Go, silly rabbit. Easter is for Jesus, right? Okay, come on. Come on. So everyone take one. Okay, everyone take one. Here, take one. Take one. Here, here you go. Okay, you, everyone gets an egg. Pass, pass back catch woo everyone got whoa that one's a rolling one here's one here's one everyone got one guess what open it up it's empty pastor's a ripoff guy no fair he's alive but listen the word that we think of today look at me everyone we celebrate and this is what i love about the bible there's many things i love but i love this every time they celebrate you know what they normally do they have loud music and they have food so I'm all about celebrating Easter with a lot of food. In fact, Duel's back there. He's going to hold up something. I'm not going to be like, oh, here's an empty egg. Look at back there. You guys get some yummies. Celebrate at full volume and celebrate with your mouth. So everyone, go back there. Kaylin's going to grab. Everyone go to Sunday school. And remember, he is risen. He's risen indeed. So take your empty eggs and celebrate with song and with taste buds. Truly, today is the day to celebrate. Amen? I'm amazed at how many things 
can thwart us, can change us, can alter our minds to think other things are important than this day, this weekend that we have. Seriously, when you look at it, I was thinking, why is it that we have so many Christmas songs? Why is it during Christmas season, even the Christian radio says, we've got three days of just pure songs. And then this weekend I turned on the radio and it's commercial after commercial. And oh, yeah, okay. They don't get it! It's time to celebrate. I love Luke 24, 6. He is not here. He has risen. And that's what we celebrate. He is alive. But let me just ask you two questions. Most of you have gone to church most of your life. Some of you, like Pat Kennedy have been a Christian longer than I've been alive. And we celebrate Easter. We come, we sing the songs that we know. There's certain songs we think about. But why do we celebrate Easter? Why this day? Why do we really celebrate Easter? And this question here, what does it mean to celebrate Easter? What does it mean? People all over the place celebrate. I love to celebrate. Last night at youth group, I'm, I'm, my phrase is party all night. I love to celebrate. I love loud music. I love food. I'm glad that's a part of celebrating in the Bible. But what does it mean to celebrate? Why is it that the heart of Christianity is the resurrection? It's the core central thing. You know, even in our church, we have people that have different thoughts about different aspects of the Bible. We have minor little things that we have maybe different views on minor issues, which is fine. But we all agree on the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is what keeps us together. I love how it says in 1 Corinthians 15, This is of first importance, the number one thing. Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. He was buried. And guess what? He came out of that tomb. It is the core thing. So I just want to look at, very briefly here, why we celebrate. So turn to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. Why do we celebrate this day? Why did Pastor Cody dress up? And if you don't have a Bible, just raise up your hand. We have some extra Bibles in the back. I encourage you, get a Bible in your hand. Just put your hand up. We've got extra Bibles for you. Romans chapter 6. Why do we celebrate? There's three things I want you to remember this morning. Number one is this. We celebrate, number one, We have new life. We have new life. Romans chapter 6, starting with verse 4. I'll just read 4 and 5. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, Through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. If we have been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. We have new life. 
That is why we celebrate today. The Lord has written so much about His promises, so much in the Word, and we're seeing how even in the Old Testament, all points to Jesus. All Scripture is about Him. This is all it, and this is the crowning event, the death and resurrection. And out of that, we have new life. And some of you know what that's like. Because some of you are willing to look at the reality of your past and your heart. You know that your life can be and has been messed up. Stinky. Nasty. Desperate. Some of you have been bound by different addictions and you know the struggle of, I can't break this. Christ has come to give us new life. The world around us is full of different ways to try to fill a certain type of satisfaction, to find life, to say, this is life. This will bring you happiness. This will bring you joy. And those things will not. Only Christ gives us new life. My sinful soul is now counted free. I have new life. Martin Luther said this, and I want to, as the kids, I try to give them little eggs to remind them, when you find one empty, think of the empty tomb. I love how it's springtime. I'm used to still now being in Wisconsin, the lakes are still frozen, waiting and waiting. This is springtime. And don't say it's usually not like this, because I keep hearing that about every day. But I love seeing springtime. There's life. It's all around us. This is what Martin Luther said. Our Lord has written the promise of resurrection, not in books alone, but in every leaf of springtime. Life. So today as you step outside and see all the cherry blossoms everywhere, You see the green coming up all over the place. Remember that there is new life. Some of you have forgotten the beauty of new life. Maybe you're getting on the other side of old where you forget what it's like holding that newborn. That child that, remember that baby you once held that's now causing you problems? Think of that new precious life without the cross we would not have life without the resurrection it would be done first corinthians 15 says this without the resurrection our faith would be nothing it would be forget it it's not worth it without the resurrection because the resurrection brings us life And there is a certainty that God's power is available to give you life. The resurrection proves it. I find this interesting. I love the cross. You know I'm a freak about the cross. I'm all about the cross and the word of God. I find this interesting. This week as I've been studying, thinking about it, in the book of Acts, whenever the apostles would go out to preach the message, this is what they would say. There's, every time this would show up, they would say, they talk about Jesus and his resurrection. I kind of scratch my head and go, why isn't it the cross? 
This should be the cross. We're Crossway Church. We're not res- what, what's going on here? You know what? In many ways, they're the same thing. Whenever you read the word cross in the New Testament, think of the theological implications. The implications that God now died, took our place. We deserve death. He took our place. That's the cross. But the resurrection is the validation of the cross. It's proof. He said he would come back, and he did. This is proof that you have new life. I am the resurrection and the life. He is alive. We have new life. And his power is available to you. For those of you who long for life, we have new life. Number two, we celebrate that our sins are forgiven. Do not forget that. Our sins are forgiven. Man's condition is very serious. And if you minimize the condition of the reality of, his, of your sin, you will miss out in every other aspect. If you realize the seriousness of your sin, you will realize the seriousness that a cure, a great cure, must come. The problem is we are very prone to try to figure out our own cure. I love to try to fix it myself. The American boy in me wants to do it all himself. There's only one thing that I cannot do, save myself. And Christ has come. In the resurrection, we see that we are forgiven. We need a Savior, and it's true. We need a Savior, and that can only be found in the cross. The law tells us what we ought to do. The gospel tells us what God did through Jesus. And we are completely forgiven only by the cross and the resurrection God is all about grace. The resurrection speaks of grace. We need life and we need to be forgiven. We have failed. We have sinned. And the resurrection speaks of forgiveness. Let's look at Romans chapter 6, the next couple verses. Verse 6. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with. That we no longer be slaves to sin. Because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. If we, now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We are forgiven. I am no longer a slave to sin. I'm now a slave to Christ. But the problem is, we sometimes think, will he really accept me? I can't believe this conversation I had this week. Here is this lady, struggling. She's on her way to court. She's in trouble. She's been in trouble with the law a lot. She's on her way to court to make an appeal. She's desperate for money. 
I don't know if she's got addictions of drugs or drinking or any other stuff, but you know, she, just, just looking at her, you know, just physically, just, you can see the manifestation of just angst and struggle, and she's holding on to stuff. And I said, what you need is you need to be forgiven. Why don't you come to church? Come and celebrate Easter. She just looked at me, she goes, whoa. She just rolled her eyes and said, if I came to your church, you wouldn't like it. Because if people really saw who I was, they would push me away. She thought that her sins are so grave, so deep, that no one would take her in. You can be forgiven. You can be forgiven. And the resurrection speaks of this grand forgiveness that we have in Christ. Romans 4.25 says this, He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. We now are free. We are forgiven. The resurrection speaks of what? New life. I come from a family that's riddled with alcoholic addictions, all these things. I grew up around it. My friends would say, I'm amazed that you made it, Cody. Well, I'm not there yet. And I've seen addictions bring people way to the bottom. People trying to appease, to satisfy. Or you get the opposite. People who have, my life is fine. And they don't realize they need a Savior. The resurrection brings us life. The resurrection says your sins are forgiven. Christ has come to save you. New life, our sins are forgiven. And guess what? Death is conquered. This is a crown of thorns I, I carry with, not with me, but whatever house we move to, I have it. I don't have it in my back pocket all the time. That would be weird. One of the reasons I have this is because I made this in 1989. We, I, I put together this play called The Difference, the story of Jesus. And a bunch of us were part of this play, and, and I'm the only guy that, at the time that maybe reached the puberty level where I could grow a beard, so I was going to be Jesus. And uh, we put this together, and I, and I went over to one of the parks in Appleton, my hometown, and found this thorny kind of tree and, and cut it with gloves and then wrapped it into this thorny crown. And I trimmed the whole inside out, and the outside had all the thorny stuff. So it could set on my head. First night of the play, somehow this got flipped over. And Jay, the guy that was going to put this on my head, didn't know. He grabbed it and went, Whoa, boom! And I still have the scars because this thing pierced in. I had blood coming. I couldn't pull it off my head. It brought me to my knees. And then I, I, after it went on, I carried the cross across, and we went behind this big thing, and, and I had like 30 seconds to get ready to put on something else, and I was just crying and just like. So this reminds me of suffering. 
in a special way, maybe that a crown of thorns doesn't remind you of suffering. But this is what the resurrection says to suffering. Oh, death, where is your sting? Death is conquered. Amen? Death is conquered. Suffering has a different meaning now. I will never forget an atheist saying this. And this is probably the only time I agreed with an atheist. He was in this big debate with all these people, and he said this about Christians. He said, I don't get Christians. Why is it, and an atheist is someone who doesn't believe that there is a God at all. He said, why is it that Christians, when they get sick or very seriously ill or they're on the deathbed, they're all worried Truly, Christians should be the one that go, Yahoo! I'm going to this home I keep talking about. Because the resurrection, death is conquered. It is done. It's finished. We are now free. Amen? I look at suffering now and I just go, <laughs> This suffering now is nothing in compared to the glory that we will be revealed. Amen? Romans 8. Guess what? The resurrection says, I have new life, I am forgiven, and suffering? (laughs) I will suffer for him. Let me join in the sufferings. Let me partake in that. Because it is glorious, but even more glorious someday will be the day when I see death is conquered. Death is conquered. Let's carry on. Verse 9. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. We will be raised from the dead and live forever with Christ. This is our hope. It's a living hope. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. 1 Peter 1 3 and 4 talk about that. Because Christ has overcome, we can take heart. We are free, we are forgiven, and death and suffering is conquered. Suffering now has a different meaning. Christ has come to bring us life. 1 Corinthians 15, everyone turn to this chapter. This is a great chapter where Paul talks about the resurrection. I've mentioned two parts of it already. Verse 3, I said, what is first importance? Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures all of your theological different nuances that you may have about different things and all these little things that Christianity loves to sometimes argue about, what's the number one thing? Christ died for our sins. Just take your hand and do that. Christ died for our sins. 
That summarizes it right there. That he was buried. That he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. He appeared to Peter, and then the twelve appeared to more. There's proof that he rose again. Look at verse 55. Last part of 54. Death has been swallowed up in victory. 1 Corinthians 15, 55. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? Our king is alive. And we celebrate this. This should be the most joyous day of all. Yeah, Christmas is fine. You get little presents and stuff. But nothing like the presence of new life. Nothing like the gift of being forgiven. Nothing like the gift death is conquered. This is the day we celebrate. This is the heart of Christianity. Why do we celebrate Easter? As the youth group, some of us went to a concert. And in the background, I was sitting way on one side and way over here, and Kyle was way on the other side. I couldn't see him. And every once in a while I'd hear, God's not dead! I'd look, wow, Kyle, you really raised your voice. I'm not used to that. It wasn't him, but it was some guy behind him just... I don't know what it was going on, but he just kept yelling, God's not dead! And I was like, yeah, he's got it down. This is what we celebrate. Why do we celebrate? He is alive. He is alive. There's no other religion that has their leader or deity in humiliation dying for his people. And rising again. Oh, trust me, they all died. But none of them are alive. We win. They lose. He is alive. He is, he is alive. And we need to soak that in. Why do we celebrate? I'll give you those three things. But let me just get to this and we'll end. What does it mean to celebrate Easter? We... I could spend the whole year talking about aspects of the resurrection, the proof of the resurrection. Do you know there's more proof for the resurrection of Jesus Christ than there is that Plato even existed? There's so much proof for the resurrection, it just, it blow you away. There's so many aspects of the resurrection, it was just... But the question is, what does it mean to celebrate? Two answers. If you are not a Christian, if you are someone who says, well, uh, God's God and I'm fine and you believe what you want to believe, but I'll believe what I want to believe. I'm not going to commit to this Jesus stuff. If you're not a Christian, how do you celebrate? What does it mean to celebrate Easter? Let me give you an example. Imagine if you are accused of a crime Imagine you're accused of a crime and you are in serious trouble. So there's a court hearing coming up. And that day you wake up really early in the morning. You are in trouble. So you even put on, oh, this is called a suit. I forgot what it's called. Okay. A suit and this is a tie. 
You dress up, you put on your best. You put on some of that smelly stuff, you get your hair all fixed up, and you want to go early. You are in serious trouble. You are going to be serious about getting early so you can get a lawyer. You go, you go there early, you get there, so you're like, I'm going to get the best lawyer, I'm going to be there, I'm going to dress nice. You get to the doors, you open the door, and you find out that it is over. The trial's already over. You missed it. You even got up early. The trial is over. Listen to this. In your complete surprised mindset, in your prettiness, you find out you are condemned to death. In your utter surprise, you realize you're more than just in trouble. You are condemned to death. You don't need a lawyer. You need a pardon. You don't need a lawyer anymore. Take off your clothes. Your fancy fine stuff. You need a pardon. Christ has come to take your place. He has come as your substitute. The hammer has come down. Boom! You are guilty. You need a pardon. And Christ says, I will be that substitute. And God's wrath comes down not on you, but on Christ if you turn to him. Defense lawyer, all of which you want, dress up as religious as you can get, memorize any part of the Bible, that will not save you. You need a pardon. And God sees this and takes it upon himself in Christ. Christ is the solution. So if you are kind of on the edge, if you feel like, oh, this God stuff, listen. It is already done. The trial is over. You deserve death. But God is more than just, amen? He would be just to wipe you out. But he's more than just. He's grace and mercy. And only in Christ, only in the cross and resurrection can you find hope. And you are to turn to him. What does it mean to celebrate Easter? If you're not a Christian, you are to consider the reality of the truth and embrace Jesus as the living God. Period. That's what it is. Say, all right, I lose. Jesus, save me. Save me. Hosanna. Jesus. Save me. What does it mean to celebrate Easter as a Christian? <laughs> celebrate. Rejoice. Sing so loud you lose your voice. Go tell his disciples. Let people know. How do we celebrate? We rejoice. We sing loud. I'm glad it's in the scripture that most of the celebration deals with food. I celebrate with food. 
we celebrate at full volume. The problem is most Christians celebrate like this. It's Easter. woo Sing some songs. Oh, cute flowers out. Let's go home. Celebrate at full volume. We rejoice. Again, this is what amazes me as I go through the scriptures again, the, the, the gospels. Of all the aspects of Christ's life, his birth, Sermon on the Mount, uh, all the different things, which is feeding the, the people, healing people, all the stuff he did, we are only commanded to remember one event of his life. The death and resurrection. We are commanded to remember that. Christmas has its place, but nothing like Easter. We as Christians should celebrate in such a way that when someone looks at you, they go, something's up with them. They look different, they smell different, they're glowing. What do you mean glowing? Oh, we'll get into that next week as we look at Moses. People will know that the resurrection is real in your heart. There's many reasons why you can celebrate today. But how you celebrate is important. For those of you who don't walk with Christ, those of you who kind of just keep him as, oh, he's kind of, I'll do it once in a while. If truly he is God, if he has conquered death, how could you not celebrate every moment, every aspect, every part of your being? It's all about him. We are freak about the cross and resurrection. And it's all about the fame of his name. Celebrate. And if you don't walk with him, if you want to know him, consider the reality of the resurrection, the truth of it, and embrace Jesus as a living God. And as a Christian, worship at full volume. So I've done a little surprise to John. I've given him extra time to come up with extra songs so we can now celebrate. I'll never forget, one pastor said this. The first time I was a pastor, Easter Sunday, I spent an hour and a half proving the existence and the reality of the resurrection. I exhausted my people. And I had an old guy come up and just go, yeah, that was all great and all, but we just wanted to celebrate. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because this is something we celebrate. We have life. I deserve death. He's given me life. We celebrate. My sins are forgiven. I don't have to work, do religious things, dress up to appease him. I don't have to obey this law, this law, this law. That just led me to death. It's all in him. I'm forgiven and clean. Not because of what I do, because of Christ. And death is conquered. Amen? Amen? Suffering is different. Pray with me.